to do it alone or to do it together. To do it alone or to do it together. Can I take over the world by myself or do I need a squad? Do I need community? Can I walk this life with just me? To do it alone or to do it together? Hmm. That is the question that I posed to my BK fam and that is the theme of this week's episode. So, let's get into it. What's up guys? It's Mickey and welcome back to another episode of Blank Canvas. All right, all right, all right. How is my BK fam feeling? I hope you guys are doing amazing. If you're not, you already know my tips. Do something that makes you smile. Journal journal. Let's reflect and be grateful for some things. And of course, I'm not saying it's going to fix it all magically because no, 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 no. Even the tips that I give y'all, I have to do over and over and over before sometimes I can see a shift in my mood. But then there are other small occasions where, you know, my mood may be down and then I just get a sip of an icy or Mountain Dew or I eat some food that I like. And I know I just listed all three items that you can like drink and eat, but I'm a foodie. I'll do that. And I promise my spirit will rise up, rise high to the heavens. So that's why I do suggest often to do something that you like, eat something that you like, even if it's a small act. You know how we say small acts of kindness can impact somebody's day, like a smile or just holding the door or giving them a compliment. You know, even when people return the favor to us, it may be like, hmm, that made me feel good. Why can't we return the favor to ourselves? Give ourselves a treat or look at ourselves in the mirror and be like, wow, you're doing great. Or you look fantastic today, queen, king. Where are you going? What you doing? Even if you're not doing nothing, but you just took a nice shower or a bath or whatever. You got comfy in your pajamas and you're chilling and you're just in the bed and you're watching your favorite show. Woo woo. I applaud that too. Okay. Whatever it freaking takes to be happy. So as I always say, I hope my BK fam is doing great and let's jump into this week's episode. So the first thing that I want to talk about is to do life alone or to do it with community. I have talked about so many times on BK how we need each other, blah, blah, blah. But you guys also know that I'm very to myself and like to do things by myself and handle shit by myself that I should not be handling by myself for so many reasons that we just don't have time to dive into. So there's always this debate, but I know at my core, no matter how much I enjoy my alone time, no matter how much I enjoy being by myself, I know for a fact that I still need community. Like my soul knows, my spirit knows that the way I was created literally from God himself is that, yes, there'll be some things that I got to walk alone, but there's other stuff that I heal faster. I grow and go further and longer when I am in community and everything is not, I'm going to grow spiritually. Now, community will help me grow spiritually too, just like I have things that I have to do as an individual to grow spiritually. But there are also different instances in life. Like sometimes life is just easier to handle when you have people to fall back on or when you have people that can relate, which is what BK is here for. I can't see you guys. I can't touch you guys yet. Eventually, you guys will be able to see me at a live show or something and we can do different things with Zoom. So I can't see your faces yet. But for right now, you guys are 
my community. I am a part of your community. Henceforth, while we have the BK family. And I just want to say thank you guys so much for being a part of it. I hope that as different as we all are, we're more helpful than dysfunctional to each other. Okay. And I hope we always remember that as we continue to grow. But I was having this thought the other day because people talk about, you know, it takes a village to raise children. And the thought that I had was, it's not just it takes a village to raise children. Y'all love this little pop-up block that's coming up while I'm recording. Don't be rude. So you know how some people think that it takes a village to raise children, which it does. It doesn't matter if you have one or you got 10. It takes a village regardless. There is no way that the average person can work and have children and make this work. There is no way that the average person can really even afford both parents at home. I'm talking about the average, not everybody, not like the 1%. At this point, middle class is low-key forming into the lower class, like middle class and lower class is becoming one class. I hate to say that I read this in Rich Dad Poor Dad, and I've also heard a lot of different people do studies on it for years. And I think we're at the time where middle and the lower class is blending into one class. And we're really about to be at the haves and the have nots. Shout out to TP, Tyler Perry. I'm just saying. It's really the society that we're going to. Capitalist, I'm in America. So our capitalist society isn't really beneficial to us. It is... If you can play the game and win it well, you'll get perks, you'll get write-offs, you'll get benefits, you won't have to pay tax. If you can't play the game or if you don't have the same advantages, you're going to pay more in taxes, nobody's going to help you, everybody's going to look at you like you're going to hand out when the 1% gets more handouts than the average person. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So back to my whole theory is should we do life alone or do we need community? I think overall we need community, but I also believe there are some parts that we have to handle alone. People want to look at it takes a village only when it comes to children, but I pose this theory, which is not a rocket science theory. I'm sure many people have figured this out since the beginning of time, but I think and I say that it takes a village to even reach your calling, okay? It takes a village to reach your calling because there is no way you can reach your dreams without having a supportive system, whether it's family, friends, other people, other mentors, other leaders you can learn from, other people that you just have a sounding board to when life is stressing you out. There is no way we can fulfill our goal. There is no way we can fulfill our purpose. One example that I think of, and there are so, oh God, there are so, so many. But one example that I think of is when I think of Pastor Mike from Rock City Church in Birmingham, Alabama. Some people may know him as a pastor. Other people may know him as like the guy who wins 10 million Stella Awards every single year, right? Because his winning season is always happening. Pastor Mike from Rock City Church, his winning season is always happening. And favor ain't fair, honey. And so glad it touches people like him, right? Because he teaches us to be very generous. He teaches us. I just love the way he breaks down numbers and things in the Bible. He has a very, I don't even know if I'm saying this right, but he has a very analytical way of looking and breaking down the Bible sometimes. But check this out. So he was at this conference that I was watching on YouTube. I didn't watch it live. If I had the name, I would honestly say it, but I can't remember in this moment. 
him and oh my god you know our fave here pastor darius daniels pd he preached there so i had watched pd's first and then i was like oh here's pastor mike from birmingham let's go look at his but they didn't have just the sermon part up they had the worship they had you know before they start talking before they get into the sermon and i'm glad they kept this in i would say i'm I would love for them to keep it in every Sunday, but I honestly don't feel that way. Like sometimes I like to worship by myself with my own music and then get into the sermon. You know, some people are going to be very offended by that, but I mean, I've been offending people my whole life. This ain't nothing new. <laughs> it ain't nothing new, but I am being honest. Like sometimes I do appreciate that the YouTube videos get straight into the sermon because especially if I'm doing like a rewatch or something, I don't have time for two hours because dress transformation church. And tells Oklahoma, huh? They have one service. Thank God, their one service allows that one service to be the only services, so that pastor can preach every single thing. They're not on a time limit because I have noticed recently that if you are a pastor that has multiple services for the viewer, it's almost good luck at the drawing about which service you watch because whether it's in the morning or whether it's in the afternoon time they may say something different they may teach the word a different way and then you may have related to the other word more so here's what i say if we can get all of them to be on one service it takes a lot of money it takes the space it takes the camera the team so much if we can get all of them to one that would be that would be marvelous. That would be beautiful. And one church that I absolutely want to see go to one service because he does so much outside of Sunday. And I'm not saying other pastors don't either, but I mean, this man is working consistently and not just working to work, but putting out content that literally changes our lives, transforms our lives and helps us be better people is Pastor Darius Daniels. So I'm manifesting for him, even though I know he'll probably never hear this. I'm manifesting for him and every change church location that they move to one service like Transformation Nation. So I don't know what we got to do. If we got to donate, keep paying our tithes, whatever. Let's make it. God, do you hear me? Let's make it where change church can be one service. So that way people aren't like, can you please upload the, the one o'clock? You know, eight o'clock was good, but one o'clock so-and-so said this and we're trying to see that like they only upload one which i don't blame them because do you really want three different versions of the same message just for one part probably being a little different so that's where tc definitely has an advantage and the next church that i want to manifest to have that power will definitely be changed church but what i was saying was is i think that it takes a village to even do your purpose let me go back to my example so pastor mike i got distracted by praising him and honoring him and I don't think it's ever wrong to do that. I can take my time with that. But Pastor Mike from Rock City Church, because y'all know I talk about Pastor Michael Todd from TC all the time. But Pastor Mike from Rock City Church, PMJ, he was at this conference honoring his honoring the pastors that came before him and the leaders that helped him. Same with PD. He started to honor his brother. And in honoring his brother, he admitted something that he didn't have to tell the world. He didn't have to also have to tell the world on camera. First of all, you didn't have to tell the audience who was probably recording and or they're going to remember it and go tell other people. He also didn't have to tell them on camera that it's a possibility that it could be 
you know, upload it to YouTube or whatever. And he said, you know, I'm traveling a lot and I'm doing music. And these aren't his exact words. This is like my summary of it. He basically said, y'all know I'm doing music and stuff. And a lot of times I have to focus on the music or whatever. He said, but because of my brother, y'all still get a word on Sunday. Now, I'm not saying that Pat PMJ doesn't write all his sermons. I'm sure he's written plenty of them. I'm sure that if he has the time, he'll still sit down and write some of them. It just depends on the schedule because there are seasons for everything. But to honor his brother publicly by saying, my brother will write my sermons for me sometimes and he's so good at it that he does it in my voice. You guys don't even know that I didn't write it. I thought that was so beautiful and it was just the most humbling the most honoring thing that can happen and the look on his brother face like bro like we know what it is between us you didn't have to do this but to do this publicly give me my flowers publicly I just thought that was so huge you know what I mean because he made sure that he acknowledged the work that his brother does and made sure that he was honest with people of like I am a pastor and I'm able to do this because of this, this, and this. I also sing, and I'm able to do this because this, this, and this. And the way that you guys benefit from me being a pastor and an artist is because I have a team behind me that makes sure the vision comes to life, even if I have to focus on one end more than the other and vice versa, right? And I just thought that was so beautiful because I thought like it takes a village to get this shit done. You know, because even if you don't have kids, it takes a village to be able to pour into your dreams. It takes a village to be able to speak life into you. It takes a village. And I mean, you need to be careful, very intentional about who is in your village. But we cannot deny the fact that we can't get far without people. We can go only so far. But to really go to the greatest heights and the longest lengths, if that's even how you say it. We need people and we don't need just anybody. We need people really on our team. We need people who really want the best, who have the best interest for us. I think it's important to open our minds up to realize that, oh, you need a village in every area of your life. You can't even fulfill, in my opinion, you can't even fulfill your God-given purpose to its highest calling without having the proper village around you. And that's just a fact. I think I've heard, it could have been PD, or maybe I've heard somewhere else. I'm gonna give credit to PD because PD usually comes up with these kind of slogans. But um, I think he said, you only go so, you only go so far as your team. You know what I mean? And he was talking about dreams. Even if he didn't make that up, somebody, whoever said it, like you only go so far as your team, you guys are geniuses because that's a fact. You only go so far as your team. And it's okay not to be the smartest person in the room. If you're the smartest person in the room, get in a new room, all right? And I can't wait to be surrounded by people. I'm not saying that I'm not already because in my friend circle alone, there are so many people who are so much more, that's not grammatically correct, is it? But they are more knowledge in areas and more educated in different areas than me. And I feel like we all kind of have like our little niches. And then there are some of us who are so interested in everything that we know a little bit about this, a little bit about that, a little bit about this, a little bit about that. I think y'all can kind of sense that on each BK episode. I know a little bit about this. I know a little bit about that. I'll do the research where I don't know this kind of thing. And for the things that I'm passionate about, I dial in and I hone it in over and over and over, right? So always remember that if you're the smartest person in a room, get in a different room.
or change the people in it or just add. You ain't even got to change. Just add because why not share the knowledge with everybody on your team so they can grow. And so when they go in the other rooms, they can look, am I the smartest person in the room? If I am, I'll share this knowledge, but then put me in a room with somebody else I can learn from. I think that should be the goal. So that's my point. That's my point in the first half of this episode is uh, it definitely takes a village to even fulfill your God-given purpose and not just taking a village just to raise children. So I also want to share with you guys this little moment. You remember how I mentioned on this episode, well, on this episode, on the podcast that I follow pastors and leaders who I trust and believe that if God told them to take down a sermon or to come out and say, hey, I led you guys wrong, that they would do that. You guys remember that? If you don't, you probably just didn't hear the episode. Go check it out. I had this moment. You know, I never thought me saying that out loud and acknowledging that very soon God would test me on that. So there had been this episode that I had put out that um, came out last year. I don't even know the date. I want to say it came out last year. And I put it out. I thought nothing of it. And so God started bringing it to the forefront of my mind recently. And so I was like, okay, why am I thinking about this episode? He just kept bringing the title to my head. And then he would start saying, delete it. Delete it? The hell? Like, excuse me, Lord, but the hell, like, nah, I need all my episodes out. I've never deleted an episode. Like, what does that look like? As if people would really be able to, I have, y'all, I have so many episodes out. We're literally in year two. Thank you, Jesus. But I have so many episodes out. Y'all wouldn't even know if I deleted an episode unless it was one of the primary episodes that I take the time to promote, like the very first one on parentification or the, um, I built the shit brick by brick. People are loving that shit. I'm glad. I'm glad y'all are loving it. If it was one of those episodes, y'all would notice. Or my soul is tired, something like that. Y'all would notice. Some of these other ones I could probably get away with deleting. Y'all would never know unless you're an OG person or I just told you. Because to be honest, I would even have to go back and be like, oh, yeah, I did have that episode. Oh yeah, I did talk about that. That's just the catalog that I have. And I say that humbly, not to brag, but that's just what consistency does. Like all of us, no matter who you are, because clearly I'm not on the level that I would like to be on yet. But, you know, all of us, if we just put it out, I just put out weekly. So of course my catalog is going to grow over time. It's what, 52 weeks in a year? <laughs> so that would give me 52 episodes if I don't miss a beat. And even if I miss a beat, that's still what, 40, 50 episodes for the year? It's it's enough. So anyways, he told me to delete this episode. I won't mention it in case, you know, it's going to drive people to go look for it. So I'll just leave it between myself. But he told me to delete it and I couldn't understand why. But you know, as we talked about a couple of weeks back, I was like, all right, is this like an obedience thing? I'm not going to doubt it. I was like, what if this is the one thing that he's telling me to do that's holding me from skyrocketing into the universe? All right, so fuck it, I'll delete it. I delete the episode and I don't feel anything about deleting it. I was just so hell-bent on not doing it because I'm like, I've never deleted an episode. I didn't say anything wrong. My truth is my truth. It's a topic that I feel like is important. Am I gonna bring that topic back around? I absolutely am. But am I probably gonna do it in a more graceful way? 
absolutely. Am I going to do it with um, less personal pull and touch on it? Probably, because sometimes people can get more focused in the personal aspect of me and I can get more focused in the personal aspect of how it affected me versus the topic itself. And who knows, that episode could have offended a lot of people. Do I really care if it offended a lot of people? I have to be honest and say right now, no, because that was my story and I felt like it was my story. I meant to tell it. Who is anybody to tell me that I can't tell it? But I mean, when God tell you to take it down, take that shit down, no matter how much it's my story or not. I also thought like, besides it just being an obedience thing, is this when other people hear it, will this set back the healing and progress that's been made? I don't know. Because again, I feel like my story, I should be able to share. But what I've noticed is a lot of people have a different opinion and view on what has happened in their lives and my lives. And I would never want it to set back the healing process or the progress that's been made. So it's gone. It's gone. I say that all to say that it's gone. And even if it was just to be obedient and make sure I hear his voice and I listen to him, I don't really know the true reason yet. He's never really, not never, of course God has revealed, but in this moment, he hasn't revealed to me the real reason why he didn't want that specific episode up. But I'll be damned if me deleting or not deleting an episode is going to be the thing to hold me back from blank canvas growing even further. We're just not playing that. We're not having that. So the episode is gone. I just wanted to share with you guys how quickly God will test stuff like that. I'm like, can I follow leaders that take it down if they have to? And then Lord and behold, here comes God. Take that episode down. What? Take it down. I know which one it is. So it'll always be engraved in my brain. But that is a very interesting thing. And I do think a big part of it is obedience. But I'm excited to see if this, you know can help open some more doors and opportunities for me. I ain't mad at it. Even if though the main thing is obedience, I'd rather have obedience to God and also be in a rhythm of knowing his voice than to be questioning it every season and every turn. The sex topic I've been saying recently a lot. I saw a celebrity talk about it in an interview and then I saw this post on Facebook and then I saw another one on IG and I was like Jesus is this really a thing right now so I decided we're going to talk about it the topic is can a person cheat on you and still love you what do you think BK fam can a person cheat on you and still love you I believe that a person can cheat on you and still love you a lot of people want to narrow it down well if they love me they wouldn't do it but I think that's just too much of a black and white answer to a very, very hard gray area. Do I think it's right that they cheated on the person? No. But do I think that it limits somebody's love? Not all the time. Not all the time. Now, if a person is constantly cheating on you, constantly disrespecting you and stuff, I get why you question the love. I'm all for you questioning the love, okay? Let's be a little realistic. However... I think if it's like a one case thing or if it's like, um, I don't know, it's very sticky, right? Like it's such a gray area. I don't want to say if it's this, this, and this, then this is what it is. They must still love you. I just feel like every situation is different and the details are different. And you'll know by checking the person's actions on about are they willing to do it continuously to you after you guys have talked about it. 
How do they show up for you? Do they still love you? Is this an addiction? Nobody ever stops and asks. Is this an addiction? Y'all know sex addicts are a thing. Some people need help when it comes to sex. And once they get the help, they're great at relationships or they're great at treating women or um, women treating the men like they're not objects. You know, they are people. Some people need help. But I also think to have such a huge topic and then people want to have like a black and white answer, it's just not it. Now, you can have your black and white stance on whether you want to accept it or not, whether you want to go back or not. You can absolutely have a black and white stance. But I think to make a generic statement so bold about something that has so many layers and gray areas, that's just dangerous because maybe they did love you, right? Maybe they loved you. But their love for you didn't outweigh the carelessness of their mistake. Or maybe they just weren't thinking about you at all in the moment, which hurts. It hurts. But it's a fact that maybe they weren't thinking about you in that moment. Had they been, they probably would have stopped, could have stopped. You know what I mean? Because when you deal with the pain, when you nobody's thinking about before I fuck up this way, Let me sit here and process the pain that this is going to put this person through or what I even think because I don't even fully know how it's going to affect the person until after it is done. So let me process this pain really quickly. Let me get in this mindset. Like, no, they're not going to be in that mindset. They're trying to have sex. Okay. They're turned, they're turned on nine out of 10. They're maybe, maybe not intoxicated of some kind of substance. They ain't thinking about, am I going to lose my family? Am I going to lose this person in my life? Is the risk worth it to keep playing with them like this? They're not thinking about that. And I mean, we get mad and we think, how could you not? But how many times have we made mistakes that aren't cheating or done things in our life that most people be like, "Mm," you know, like that's kind of frowned upon where we didn't think, you know, I think I heard Kevin Hart put it this way one time on the Jay Shady podcast, another good podcast. Check it out, y'all. Well, he said something, and again, this isn't his exact words. He said something like, you know, some stuff really isn't that deep. And I definitely agree with him. I, and, and that applies to so many areas in life. Some stuff really isn't that deep, right? Like the person may have fucked up in the moment. They may have not been thinking about it. You know, they got their nut off or whatever, male or female, because <laughs> girls, you deserve to come to. And then they, once they have that temporary moment, they snap out of it. Like, what the fuck did I just do? How many times have we seen people have sexual encounters with people? Or even if it's just a makeout session, maybe they didn't even go the full penetration mode. And then it's like, what did Wayne say? It's like, he comes and then he comes to his senses. I don't know why people act like that. A lot of people don't do that. They're in this moment. They're not thinking about any of the repercussions that come after they have this moment and then they realize was this temporary moment worth risking this person in my life was this temporary moment worth bringing this pain to this person in my life was this temporary moment worth a million billion moments that i could have got with this person because now i lost them right they have to deal with those consequences they have to deal with those thoughts and sometimes that outweighs the temporary moment that they had now I'm not saying this is for everybody like some people don't care about cheating some people do not care about hurting you and I need people to just deal with it and get over it because 
I'm not saying be like, don't acknowledge your feelings over it, but it's the world we live in. I'm to this day, I'm still so surprised. I'd be like, people are out here this mean. Y'all, where you been? People been this mean since we came out the womb. You know what I'm saying? Like somebody probably took your toy. A baby probably smacked you. If you grew up with siblings and depending on the family environment you grew up in, your first bullies were your parents. Your first bullies were your siblings. Your first bullies was the family environment you were in. So I don't understand how we get in this world and be like, people are mean. You grew up around them, okay? I know I had mean people in my family. I experienced mean before I even had to go to school and know what mean was. But that's just me. And I get the people who don't come from those kind of backgrounds and school got to teach you. But I promise you at some point in life, there is no way that life don't teach you that people are mean. Not all people, but you do experience people being mean. And it's just a fallen world that we live in. So yes, some people don't care about hurting you. It is what it is. Like some people get a thrill out of it. Not everybody. But do I think that we can put such a basic answer or label like, oh my, it's almost like saying one's a cheater is always a cheater. Is it though? Because some people have cheated one time and never wanted to cheat in their life again. So again, that's a blanket statement. Can't really apply. Can you say that they didn't love you? You can say that, but is that really true? It may not be true for them. You can say you didn't feel it. You can say they didn't honor the love for you. You can say they didn't, um, their love for you didn't outweigh them wanting to risk it all. You know what I'm saying? Or to put you in that pain. But then, like I said, were they thinking about it? And this isn't an excuse for them to cheat. This isn't an excuse for them to mistreat people or anything. I'm not making an excuse for them. I'm just saying we try to give blanket statements to stuff like that. And we're not realistic that stuff is like detailed or sometimes it's just not that deep. Like I fucked up. And now that I realize I fucked up, I'm like, holy shit, I shouldn't have fucked up like that. I'm going to have to pay the price. And it's not always the price that they have to pay. Sometimes it's just like realizing like my temporary moment, I would never want my temporary satisfaction to my flesh to hurt you to that point, you know? Like, because I truly believe for some people, it's not, it's not worth hurting the person that you love, but sometimes it's too late. It's just too late. What's done is done. Hurt and pain is there. And then you have to work through it. You know what I mean? So that's my thoughts on it. What do you think, BK fam? Do you think that if a person cheats on you, that that means that they do not love you? And that also makes me think, if the answer is yes, does that mean it all was a lie from the beginning because they cheated? Is everything a lie now? Questions that need answers. What do you think, BK fam? All right, final topic that I want to talk about in this week's episode is I saw something that said, when you make enough money, like if you make billions or millions and millions don't even go that far like it used to. So let's just say the billion part. When you make enough money or billions to get your family out of poverty, would you or should you do that? I saw this person say that they were listening to this podcast, uh, this wealth investment podcast or something, and they said that that's a poor man's mindset. And I've indirectly said that more often than not. I have, I don't call it a poor, I don't really like the poor man mindset as the label for that, because I think there's layers to that. I think that (laughs) I believe that it's a luxury to be able to cut your children off. I think it's a luxury. I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong. Do what you got to do for your money, your family, your unit. But I think it's a luxury to have the ability 
to cut children off. I'm not saying whether it's right or wrong, but it's definitely a luxury in my opinion. I also think that it's a poor man's mindset, quote unquote. I really just don't like that verbiage. Also, I understand where they're coming from. I just wish that it had better wording. I also can see how it's a poor man's mindset because most of the people that have to apply it are coming from poverty, period, point blank, period. Most of the people that have to apply that, you don't really hear white families or super wealthy families be like, I have to carry my family out the mud because they come from money. Money is, and no, I'm, I know this doesn't apply to all white people. Follow me, people, please. Mm. The wealthy people and the average, I don't even know if I should say average with the way this economy is going. But typically, white people over people of color tend to come from money into our environments to have the resources and, of course, don't have to have their race be a hindrance. That's all I'm saying. Now, I know that doesn't apply to all white people. I have to say that again. For the people to be like, I was white and I was poor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> I acknowledge that. Thank you. The point is, is that they more often than not are not in situations where they have to consider bringing the whole family up because the family got money. Okay. Auntie got money. Grandma got money. Grandparents on top of grandparents on top of grandparents got money, which means mom and dad got money. Children get money. Even if they get cut off, they have had access to resources that most people, kids, people of color but definitely kids of color will not have touched by the time they even get to the age where it's like i'm gonna cut you off because i don't want to give you everything well god at least you had shit to give them before they got there at least you had different opportunities to present to them before they got there they're still 10 million times ahead of the game of the average person who did not only have money but didn't even have resources and access to give them i've talked about this multiple times kim k she does a beautiful job at using her money to give her children access and experiences that they will remember and have they taking her sons on a world tour for soccer like what like i would love to be able to do so not soccer not no not soccer football yeah not soccer and I mean, real football, like Southern football, but that's a beautiful thing. I've talked about on an episode how North is into makeup. She doesn't have to just do, now she can, but she's into like, like a multitude of different types of makeup. So she may do like glamorous, but she may also want to do like cosmetic and all the other stuff or like um movie-like makeup. You know what I mean? Like she has the access to do that when she paints, when she paints she can have some of the best paint she can have a paint tutor not saying that she needs one i'm not saying that she needs one she could just be that talented to do it by herself i will never take her credit away but i'm saying like she has the access to these things and that is a privilege and a blessing to be able to give your children i think of so many children who grow up in poverty and you don't even have the resources to really tap into what you're good at. So you're forced down a path of you better do good in school because this is how you're going to make it out. Where the kids, they necessarily got to, you can go if you want, but it's not your only option. You know what I mean? It's not your only option. And, and you also have the resources to really develop in your childhood. What are you good at? It's not just athlete or hair. You know, 
you can you're interested in building let's put you in some stem stuff you're interested in gaming let's teach you how to code you can build your game you don't like how the game is doing this this and this build your own version put that shit out there not only will you get to play a game that's yours other people can play it and you could be making some money off of it right and again everything isn't about money but it's it's such a luxury to be able to say I'm cutting my kids off. It's so such a luxury to say, I, of course I'm not building the family up. I've heard, I've even heard white people say, yeah, only black people think like that. You know, I've heard that years ago. Only black people think like when you come out, you got to bring everybody. But they think like that because those are the only options that are usually out there. It's not like we're accustomed to coming from wealth. We're just not. It's also not like there isn't this. Now, we can get into the reasons why we don't have wealth stored up. America, burning cities, stealing stuff, never giving us our 50 acres in a mule. We can get into it redlining. I got time, okay? But at the same time, if we boil it down to even even simpler terms than all the reasons that we know that go against us. Majority of the time, one person makes it out, right? They make buku money, right? But then it almost stops with them because the people around them or people that come after them either fumble the bag because they don't know how to maintain it. They don't know how to keep the financial um, wealth going because they don't have the, the proper financial knowledge because we don't have the proper financial knowledge to even be able to pass it down. The best we can pass them is please work this 40 hour work week. Please go to school. That is the best advice that we can pass down. It's never be a creator, be this, be that. Oh, you're good at that. Do that. And it's not to say that everything has to go to TikTok or YouTube or like me, like have a podcast. It's not to say that. But it would be nice if our only options weren't work in school or work in school. That's pretty much what's ingrained in our brain is work in school, work in school. And as we can see at this point, it ain't really working. Like I know kids younger than me that's making bank. I know kids younger than me that their podcasts and their TikToks are blowing up higher than me. I mean, favor ain't fair, so blessings to you. But you know what I mean? Like these, it's so easy to say that's a poor man mindset when that's all we're surrounded by is poverty. We're trying to change our environment. And then the person who gets out, then they have the weight and the pressure of carrying everybody else out. But what I heard somebody say the other day is they can't carry everybody out. Because imagine we're on this boat. This is the way they described it. Imagine we're on this boat. All of us are in there. We're either going to sink the ship because too many of us are in there and, and we're weighing it down. And or the thing is going to break and now we're just all floating. We're not even getting to our destination anymore. And I get that so well. I, when I get wealthy, I know who I'm blessing. Now, whoever God told me to bless outside of that, that's that's done. Solid. Because he told me to do it. But I know there are people in my life that I want to bless without God even having to tell me. Because there have been people that have been in my corner when everybody has turned on me. They have been solid. When I have, I've said this before, when I've had zero zero dollars in my account solid never make me feel bad never make me feel less than never never try to minimize or undermine what I'm currently doing in my life right now never try to make me feel small they are solid for life also now there are people who spoke from places of pain they'll still be covered too just because 
I have to lead by example. I can't go back and hurt people the way they hurt me. I can't make people feel like burdens the way they may have made me feel like burdens. I got to do better and be better. Like if I'm going to lead with love, I got to do that shit. If I'm going to exhibit fruits of the spirit, I got to do it. Like I got to be like the Joseph for people who know the story of Joseph and his brother like put him in slavery and all that. Like Joseph had a life. You would have to read it. Joseph had a whole life. Fast forward to like his own brothers literally tried to kill him, then sold him and the like slavery and everything. It was a whole thing. Okay. He had a whole life. Fast forward to by the time they reunited with their brother that they tried to kill all because they were jealous of a dream God gave them. He was in a position where he had the choice to let them starve (laughs) or to have a humble heart, not stony, to be like, you didn't do it for me, but I'm gonna do it for you. And God put me here in position so that when this time came, you had somebody on the inside to be able to help you. Like, I can't be Joseph if I have a stony heart. I can't be Joseph if I'm holding grudges on how when people were in the power of being a blessing to me, they either threw it back up in my face, made me feel like it was a problem. You know, I can't, I can't be that way. I mean, I can, but what is it really beneficial to me? Also, one of the most important things about Joseph is not the fact that, not just the fact that he didn't have a stony heart, but also the simple fact of that God could trust him with it. I talked about it on the episode titled The Burden of Being a Blessing. Everybody says, I want to be the the head and not the tail, the lender and not the borrower until you have to be it. When you're really in those positions, how quickly the heart changes, how quickly the mouth changes and words have power. How quickly you see even the most generous people become tight fists, right? It will change instantly. And it's something that I needed to see because I needed to be able to have that in my brain to be like, when you are in this position, it doesn't matter how much you ask for. It doesn't matter how much you pray for. Never think that you're too good or you're so above this that you, your heart can't become stony or that you can't lose sight of the things you pray for. Most people pray for stuff like that. Like God put me in a position to be able to help everybody. And then when he does, it's like, oh my God, I have to help everybody. I have to do this by myself. What the hell? Like who's going to help me? How quickly everything turns. And what we have to remember is that we're human, right? Like when we're praying these prayers, not only do we have to be specific, but we have to say, God, make sure that I have the heart and character to maintain and not abuse or misuse the prayers that I pray for, not abuse or misuse the people that you put, um, that you've aligned me in position with to be able to help get to the next level. You know what I mean? I also heard something the other day that's saying, basically... This isn't the exact wording, but basically like, don't sleep on me. I may not have it now, but the reason you're connected to me, even before I get blessed, is so that when I am blessed, the overflow reaches you because you're connected to me. Don't sleep on me now. Don't speak down on me now. You're going to look up one day and I'm going to be sending overflow or I'm going to be Joseph and it's time to pass out the harvest and I got to have the right character when it's time. You got to have some sense of connection to me, 
for me to be able to do what I need to do, for me to be able to bless you. You know what I mean? And I think that's stuff that we take for granted or we take lightly. So I think it's easy to say that that's a poor man mindset. And in a lot of ways, I think it is. But it's also because a, a bunch of us aren't surrounded by wealth. I also think it's so disgusting for people who didn't even want to help you. Then I know this is kind of go be like, ma'am, didn't you just say that you got to have the right character? You do. But I'm human and I'm going to be honest. I also think it's a little disgusting for people to be like, when you get millions or billions and they be like, you remember that one time? No, I don't. Because I remember when my rent needed to be paid, you didn't help me. I remember when I had no food, you didn't care. I remember nobody was caring if I had gas in the car. No, no. So that's how I know for a fact that there are some people God's going to have to tell me, bless them. And then if he tells me, I'll sweat off my back. I have to be obedient to him over everything else, right? And I think that it's a luxury to not be able to have to have that poverty mindset of, I have to bring everybody out. And honestly, I also saw that somebody said, it depends on the family you have. Everybody knows I'm estranged from my family. Have I had some moments where they've showed glimpses of hope? Yeah, but to act like the estrangement just magically washed away, which I never have, it didn't. I just wanted to acknowledge the positive moments too. If I can talk about the negative ones, I can acknowledge the positive ones too. Well-rounded, full picture, right? <laughs> and it does depend on the family you have. Because when I think of family, I don't think of people on my bloodline. Like I know they're my family, but when I think of people who I'm like, you're connected to me, we're gonna, if I got, you got, majority of them are not from my bloodline. They are from people who have treated me like family since day one. They are people who have looked up to me when my own family was like, fuck you, girl. What are you doing? You're trying to do this. You're trying to do that. Or you're not trying to do this. You're not trying to do that. Or it was so easy for people to laugh. <laughs> That's the thing. Like it was so easy for people to laugh. It was so easy for people to judge. And you have to be careful because just, just because I was handling a lot of that with a smile doesn't mean that I wasn't taking note. It doesn't mean that I don't remember. I remember. I remember everybody who doubted me. I remember everybody who spoke against me. And I remember people who weren't supposed to turn on me who turned on me. I forgive everybody, but I remember. But I definitely forget everybody because if I hold that grudge, again, my heart will be stony and I won't be able to do what I need to do. And it's not to be like, for me to be like Captain save It's not that because me blessing others is only because God blessed me. Me blessing others is only because God provided me with the blessing and put me in position to be able to bless. I never get it twisted on who allows me to do what I do. So it doesn't matter what a human says. It doesn't matter who believes in me, who doesn't. I'm only in position because of God. Just like I can be taken out of position because of God. We talked about this on the, the cancel episode. Like, you can't cancel me. Y'all cannot support me. Y'all cannot like me. But you can't cancel something you didn't create. The only person who can wipe me out, cancel me, is Jesus Christ himself. And if he's saying, no, nah, you still got favor. No, nah, you still covered. You got to go through this little storm. But the favor is still on you. The oil is still on you. Whoopty fucking do. Get a tissue because I'll still be here. And that's just what it is. So what do you guys think? Do you guys think that that is a poor man's mindset? Do you think there are many factors to play into why that is a poor man mindset? And um, how do you think we could break it? Do you think that we can ever break the cycle, especially if we live in America? I know this problem kind of persists like globally, like, you know, people of color, especially black people being held back. <laughs> from dealing with racism and different things and how it trickles down to even the smallest things. I know that that's going to exist probably into the end of time. 
But however, do you guys think that we'll ever be in a position where we can pass down generational wealth like others before us tried to? But then certain people made sure that they wiped it out before it could ever be passed down. Do you think they'll just continue to try to wipe it out, poison our water, burn our cities, kill us? You know what I mean? What do you think? I don't know. I don't know. But I also think it's unfair for the one person to make it out to be like, you made it out. Now you owe all of us. Well, damn, I y'all know I barely made it out because if it was so easy for y'all to do it, everybody would be doing it around me. Like everybody, it just is what it is. If it was easy to do, everybody would be doing it around me, right? I don't know. Questions that need answers. And that is my last rant for the day. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I love you guys. I can't wait to see what we talk about next time. All right, guys. Bye.